You're listening to the Live, Love, Engage podcast. On today's show, how to be a successful, productive, and balanced woman in business today. Stay tuned. I am Gloria Grace Rand, founder of The Love Method and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Live, Love, Engage, how to stop doubting yourself and start being yourself. In this podcast, we share practical advice from a spiritual perspective on how to live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically so you can create a life and business with more impact, influence, and income. Welcome to Live, Love, Engage. Namaste. I am delighted to be with you for another edition of Live, Love, Engage. And I've got a awesome guest in, on the show today who is a powerhouse woman. And I'm going to tell you all about her in just a second. But first, I want to welcome Marley Major to Live, Love, Engage. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. I am delighted to have you here because I've I've actually, and we haven't even had a chance to talk about this beforehand, but I, I've been aware of you for quite some time. I heard you speak many moons ago and at a, at a conference. And so when I saw your name come up, I'm like, wait, I know her. I know her. And and I think you've you've you're even more evolved than you were when I first met you. So let me tell you about Marley. So she is a party planning and entrepreneurial expert that people turn to for all things entertaining. So she is the CEO of the Party Goddess, which is a nationally acclaimed full service event planning and catering company where she's has entertained the likes of top tier businesses to A-list celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Britney Spears. And then as if that isn't enough, she's also a top business coach in Los Angeles and an author of the book, But Are You Making Any Money? Yeah, that's 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 a good one. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people struggle with that sometimes, entrepreneurs. Um, and so you're just this really all around amazing woman who is not only got one business when a lot of people have trouble just getting one business off the ground, you got two going. So I would love to have you share with our listeners and viewers, what got you to where you are today? How did you wind up being, you know, the see the party goddess and the profit goddess? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so it would take about four hours, but I'm going to make it as brief as I possibly can. So I went, I got my business degree from Georgetown and I, you know, everybody kind of goes to Georgetown, like you think they're going to end up like in venture capital or like they're working for Bear Stearns or something. And I just knew that was not my path. And for one of my classes in business school, I had to do a talk, what I knew more about than anybody else. And at Georgetown, that was nothing. I was like, mom, there's nothing. I know more than these people. And so she was just like, why don't you do it on French cooking? You just came back from cooking school. So uh, I was like, great. I had just come back from Paris. So I figured, okay, I'll do this. And then I run into my professor right after the this assignment got announced. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm in your class and I'm doing it on French cooking and I'm interviewing the chef from 1789. Well, anybody who's familiar with Washington, DC, 1789 is this like very fancy restaurant. I did not have an interview with the chef, never thought of having an interview with the chef. And was like, what the frick have I done? And so she was so excited. And I went home in tears to my roommates. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, now I've got to get this this freaking interview with this guy or girl. I didn't even know. 
So my roommate's like, no worries. I used to work there. I'll get you the interview. I was like, I just don't want to get kicked out of school. Like I just need to have, like, I have talked to him and put it on my deal and call it a day. So anyway, she gets me this interview. I take one look at him. I decide I need to marry him um, literally. And here I'm doing this interview and like this, the bowels of this, you know, kind of like townhouse basically, which is how 1789 was set up. And I'm like the whole time thinking, how am I talking about multitasking with multiple businesses? It started early because the whole time I'm thinking, how am I going to marry him and do this interview? So I'm doing the interview, but I'm also kind of like have my business brain on and I'm thinking to myself, wait, I noticed a couple of things. He didn't speak Spanish fluently and I did or had right, maybe at that point I didn't, but I had had a lot of Spanish from school and I was taking Spanish in college. So like okay then the next thing i noticed you know there were no chicks and they had souffles on the menu and souffles are notoriously difficult for restaurants to have on the menu and turn out you know regularly and consistently so i was like okay keep that in mind so fast forward i'm interviewing him and i'm like thinking this is kind of going to be my pitch and i was like well can i just come back or like you know shadow you again and he's like you know like how what are you, are you doing a dissertation or what's going on so anyway i convinced him to go back and then I just basically like was like, oh, well, maybe like I could work a shift or something. And he was kind of like, you know, not like you're not really the type in here because it was all men. They, most of them were like from Honduras and El Salvador and like career kitchen people. And I was like, no, I really want to do this. So I did that for um, my whole junior year. And of course, you know, nothing happened. And then I would go in like full hair and makeup every day. Two I would get out of school at 2.30 and then I'd go 3.30 to 11.30 three days a week. And uh, my parents were like, if your grades go down. Now, mind you, my grades weren't that great to start with, but I made the Dean's list like, for the first time in my life. I was like, I am not giving up my future husband. So then the whole summer before senior year, I went to cooking school in Normandy, plotted the whole summer how I was going to ruin his life and quit. Cause of course I was his best employee. I was picking up every shift. And then he's asked me out and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> And then we got engaged the month after graduation. Well, when you marry a chef, what do you do? You get into the restaurant business. So then it was like, okay, so we got into the restaurant business. Here I am 21 years old and newly married. By now I'm married. Now it's 22. By the time I'm married, I'm getting into the restaurant business. And he's 20 years older than I am. And like, okay, we're back in Pasadena where I grew up. And so there started my new life in the food business, I guess. I mean, I was like, okay, well, this is taking an interesting turn. And so basically he was in charge, obviously the food in the back of the house, because he's an amazing chef. And I was in charge of the front of the house. And I use those words loosely because I might have had the responsibility. I'm not sure I was so great at it, but so anyway, this goes on and, you know, very early on, we get a lot of publicity and it was like New York super chef is, you know, in town with this new restaurant, yada, yada. But what happened to me, which is what happens to a lot of entrepreneurs is that I could, I was, I certainly knew my numbers from business school, but I didn't know how to take what I learned in business school and the principles of like a PL and then, and then how much of a delay there is getting your PL from your accountant like however many three months later to really understand your numbers and really like see, Oh, if we have events, this is going to be more profitable than if we don't like meaning within the restaurant. And so 
I just got caught up in this whole thing of like more sales, more sales, more sales, and more publicity, more publicity, more publicity, instead of focusing on what were my core numbers, what were my margins, and which happens a lot with an independent restaurant. It certainly happens a lot with independent, you know, businesses. And so before long, um, you know, my, my goal is to do a million dollars in sales. We did that the first year. I was like, yes. Now, one problem is you can do a million dollars in sales, but if you're spending a million too, um, you should probably consider that maybe you haven't hit your goal. But I was like, oh no, that's my goal. So I'm good. Um, but in reality, I was just, everything looked amazing on the outside, you know, and this is in the days before social media. So can you imagine how I would have had it all tricked out then? Everything looked amazing, but on the inside, I was totally uncomfortable because I was like, I, I need to tighten things up, but I don't even know where or how or where to start or whatever. So long story short, I had a very bad skiing accident. Um, and he and I were, you know, having financial problems is not the greatest thing for your romantic life. Right. Not to mention the fact that by then we had, a, oops, we had a new baby because I decided that, you know, you might as well just get pregnant if you've got financial problems. And so here we go. And I'm pregnant now. Then I have the baby, I have the skiing accident. And I'm just like, my God, the writing is on the wall. And at the time we were getting a lot of offers to partner up for the restaurant. And my dad was like, why don't you do this? Like you love the events. You're doing the events because we had two private spaces in the back. And by then we had started a catering company. And I was like, no, because my ego is just so I can't fail. And then finally, the skiing accident forced my hand and I, you know, I was in rehab, I couldn't even walk. So he and I end up partnering up with this other restaurant group. He and I split. Okay. And then I go on looking my wounds to like, now what am I going to do? Okay. My dad was right. I love the party. So I started the party goddess, which is so ironic because it was at one of the lowest points in my whole life still to this day. And I was like, well, man, I, I freaking, I'm so far down now. I mean, I'm, I could might as well be underwater. So like, just have a go bigger, go home name, like the party goddess and in, in a very competitive market. And so I remember going to my first industry event and they were like, what, like, what, what's the name of your, and you know, like, I've never heard of you. And I was like, well, of course you have, because I'm not there yet. But I remember just thinking, I'm going to clean these freaking people's clocks one day. And I did, but what happened was I ended up having the same problems that I did with my event planning company as I did with the restaurant, which was interesting to me because I didn't have the hundred employees that I had with the restaurant. I didn't have all that overhead. I didn't have all these things that supposedly were the reason that I was tripped up before. And so because of that, you would think like, this would be so much easier. And by the way, I didn't have accountants and all that stuff, like the big firms, to delay these financials. If I want financials, I can just add everything up and call it a day. And so what I realized was, you know, there's a huge problem here. And I remember by now I'm remarried and I go to dinner with my parents and my husband, and this time he was a CFO. So it was awesome. So again, you think I'd maybe pick something up and married to a CFO, evidently not, but I was at dinner with my parents and, and I was like, Oh yeah. And we just, you know, we're doing the opening of the Hollywood bowl and we're doing this. And we were, we had great projects. But I remember my dad just saying like, you know, but are you making any money? <laughs> and, and the women out listening to this will understand what I'm describing, which is when the tears go up to here in your eyes and are about to go over and you're in public and you're just like, please do not 
please do not cry. Please do not cry. Please do not cry. Cause I, you know, if you cry, you're going to never stop crying. Right. So at that night, and I remember exactly where I was, what restaurant, everything. I was like, I am freaking done with this story. I am done with, Oh, you know, I'm creative. I'm not good with numbers. I was just like, I'm done with the whole story. This is just, I got to get it together. If I'm going to get it together, net, net, I, now I'm you know, going to my industry conventions. Well, there was a thing for your industry convention. And I believe me, I know this is a very long way around. How did I get into two businesses? But I went to the industry convention and if you taught a class, you would get a free pass. So I was like, awesome, man. Okay. Um, I'll teach my class, be done in an hour, have margaritas or martinis, you know, an hour later and awesome. And then my whole way was paid. So I, I taught this class and it was on pricing. And it was this new little rinky dink formula I'd kind of come up with based, it was basically a cost of goods sold plus time. And I, there was a class and the class kind of kept filling up at like right before. And I was just like, like, are they in the wrong class? Like, was there something I just didn't understand at all. And the class kept filling up and there's people now outside and I'm going through my story that I basically just went through with you. Right. And then I'm telling them how I put my expenses. Cause you know, I have ADHD which was very late diagnosis. I didn't even know at the time, but I put things in buckets and I have to have things in categories to, to really like understand them. So I was just explaining how I broke down my expenses and how you just have the four buckets and then you just do this and you, oh, if you have a problem, you just look at this bucket or this bucket. And it's very simple. You tweak it. Da, 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 da. And so then they have these questions, you know, I, you know, now, okay, time is up. I'm like, and certainly I didn't think they're going to be in questions. I'm like, what would, what would, like, this is like asking the biggest train wreck of America. What, like, like, you just would not do it. This is like saying, hi, I went bankrupt and I'm going to now ask this person for financial advice. I mean, I hadn't gone bankrupt, but might as well. So they had all these questions and I was just like stunned. And then they had more questions and more questions. And I was just like, I finally said it out loud because I'm not very good at kind of hiding these things, but I just said, do you guys know, like, were you, did all of you come late or how, why are you asking me? Like, didn't you hear the disclaimer that I just gave you at the beginning of all the mistakes I made? And one person shouted from the back of the room and said, yes, but you're the only one answering our questions. And I was like, what? Wow. And I was just like, what do you mean I'm the only one answering? And then I kind of started thinking about it. And I was like, well, I remember when I had questions, right? Who would, would I go to? If I'd ask people, they look at you like you just asked for their social security number or something. I mean, it, I wasn't trying to copy them. I was just trying to get like, hey, how do you do this? How does it work? Do you, do you mark stuff up? Do you charge hourly? Do you go, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, new disclaimer, um, I will answer them, but, you know, kind of take with a grain of salt. And they had questions and questions and questions. And then they were like, well, do you have any way we can follow up? Or do you have, and I was like, do I have any way to follow up? I don't want you to follow up. There is no follow up. I'm like going back to my thing with my free ticket and my like bucket of booze. And they just wouldn't let, and, and you know, afterwards following me around and the whole thing. And like, thank you so much. That was the most honest anybody's been. And so net net, I wrote a book called, but are you making any money? Which is really how the story of solving my own problems. And it was for those people who were in the room kind of. And then every other time I was like, oh, this is a good gig. I'll just speak every year and you know, get my thing paid for. I'm nice. So then, you know, the book comes out and then people of course are like, 
wow, this is so great because she's so honest. And I was like, you know, if I weren't honest, believe me, there's plenty of people out there who'd be like, that girl really is not the greatest in business, even though she went to business school. So it seemed that I resonated with a lot of people. And then I started getting booked for TV gigs, uh, you know, for entrepreneurship and women in business and stuff like that. And, and I, and my publicist would talk to the producers and be like, you know, kind of like, like, why do you have like, you know, just kind of, why do you have her? What did you like about her or whatever? And she, they would say, you know, this, it's so rare to have a woman who started a business of a million dollars or more, let alone more than one from Mm -hmm. the ground up who didn't take it over from anybody, isn't just in charge of it, but literally grew it from the ground up and who was willing to share the war stories because it's, you know, usually people think that you share the war stories, then you're not going to get hired. Well, that was the opposite for me. It was like, Oh, we can really relate to her. And I was like, you guys are some sad saps, but that's how it went. And then, then it had to have the split of like the party goddess and the prophet goddess because people just were not understanding this. So because they would come to me through a different angle, like some people, obviously, if I'm planning a party for them, I'm certainly not giving them business advice. But what would happen is there would be event planners who would say, oh, my gosh, like I'm totally having trouble with pricing or my competitors are doing this. What do I do? And then I you know, would start consulting with them. And, you know, we went from there and here we are today, which obviously it resonated. Um, but it clearly it's a very specific kind of coaching from a very specific kind of person. So that's that. Okay. Now we can just take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So many things are going through my head and I know, right. It's just... like, where, where do you start? Because it's, it's all, all of it. I mean, I felt like I fell into it. Certainly I had no intention of ever coaching or ever, but the thing that's so great about that is I'm very competitive, even just with myself. So it keeps me so on my game, right? So like if I do a TV segment on trends or business or inflation, or I do a segment or, or I'm about to coach somebody on, you know, a certain aspect of their business, it keeps me really sharp, which is great because, you know, I still run my business. Hmm. So it's kind of that interesting thing, but to, to bring it full circle to what you were talking about in the very beginning, it isn't necessarily something that I recommend because you really, 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 it, something does suffer, let alone the fact that, you know, you enter then I'm a mom and, and all these things, which are always suffering, but you really need an amazing team. And when I set out to do it, I knew it was going to be difficult to have these kind of two tracks and two brands, even though they were under one umbrella, but it, it was something I felt like I had to do a, because I had to explain why I was sort of teaching business stuff when I had an event planning company, but also because I realized the event planning for the most part, wasn't scalable. I mean, you could, I could sure get to bigger events and more of them, but then what, it's still dollars for hours, you know, yeah. you're still, if you don't work, you don't get paid. So it was like, I needed to scale it to a point where I could do digital products or I could do some on the hamster wheel all the time, like, right. you know, like most entrepreneurs. Yeah. Well, one thing I, I, that did occur to me that I wanted to ask you about is 
when you're dealing with, let's say that the business side, when you're working with uh, clients and, and doing coaching, what have you, or well, yeah, have you found that there is a common problem <laughs> that people have that come to you with and, 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 and what would that be if so? Well, I'll tell you the pro there are three problems that they come to me with, but then I'll tell you what their only problem is that they all okay. have every single one. I've yet to find one who doesn't. They come to me and say, I need help with pricing. I'm not sure to price. Um, I need to get more customers or, you know, the equivalent and more, do more sales. Um, or I want to take my business to the next level. Okay. Those are always the three, some version of that. And then sure enough, I go, okay, so we do an intake strategy call and I, you know, kind of get the data done. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, and I ask a lot of questions. Inevitably, the only thing it boils down to is how they're spending their time, period, end of subject. Mm -hmm. And it really is period, end of subject. So just like if I were a trainer and a client came to me and said, hey, listen, I want to lose 20 pounds, you know. You can have keep a food diary you can have because we're not honest with ourselves. Just like when you're on a diet, you're not honest about how, how much you eat. So for me, I want to see it in black and white, but most importantly, I want them to see it in black and white. So I have them track their time for a week and come back to me. And I have them track it. Like, I'm like, you, if you get on Facebook, you're going to get on Facebook. If you do your deal in the beginning, you know, don't necessarily change your routine. Just put time on and, you know, time off. And then if you take a phone call from a client, okay, or and then. If you're on Instagram and then you're on like, write it all down and it comes back to me like radioactive. I mean, it's so obvious because what we're all doing is spending time on activities that grab our attention, activities that are easier, activities that are urgent, instead of sitting down and saying, what are the activities that give me the highest return of investment on my time? And so the conversation really is about what's your hourly rate, not what you think it is, mm. not what you want it to be, but what is it? And so we go through this exercise and get their hourly rate for the different activities they do. Then it's very simple. You say, this is where you're getting nothing. And it's just totally a time sink. And therefore you're not doing the most important things to bring in business or to service your clients or whatever it would be, whatever your top three things are. So all we do is just sub them. You just okay, take these top three time sucks, which are right there on the sheet of paper. Nobody's ever like, it's so simple. And then just switch them. And meanwhile, you're, it's a little bit of a trick because I'm kind of having the conversation with them where, you know, beforehand where I am figuring out what their top activities are. So they don't know with all these questions, I'm just, you know, firing at them, that what I'm doing is finding out what's not working, but I'm also finding out what is working and like how they just light up and how they're just like, oh, I love, you know, and then they're not just telling you they love to putz around on the computer. They're telling you they love this component. And you're like, okay, that's a revenue, potential revenue generator. And we switch the activities and your whole the whole picture changes. Then guess what? You solve your problems of pricing, of getting more clients, because now you're not just doing what I was doing in the restaurant business, which is just like, let's just be busier, mm. right? Right. No, it's which going targeting which clients 
for your business, like who's your target market and all those like trait, tired things we all hear about, but how to really put it into action. Who's the best, who are the best customers for you? Where are they? How are you going to find them? And then sub your activity. If you're on Facebook for an hour, not necessarily that that's the worst thing, but it might be if you need to massively ramp up your business. So you sub an hour of Facebook time for an hour of, you know, shooting out marketing emails or texts or checking with clients. Where are you? How are you? That kind of stuff. Totally changes your company around. And then because you know what your time is worth and because you know running like event planners, for example, well, a lot of us, makeup artists, so many people, it's like we go, kind of go do our own errands. Well, that's the absolute worst thing we could do because that you're going to be an hour and a half going to get this, this, and this, and you're going to be sitting in traffic and you're going to be well, an hour and a half, my God, in front of like your phone or your computer and really focused on getting clients. Totally different, totally different story. But until somebody just shakes us and goes, look at this. There's no way we can't see it because you know you can't read the label. I always say this: you can't read the label from inside the jar. It's true. So obviously, everybody else, you know, somebody's dating a loser. Oh my God, you can see it a mile away, right? Yeah. You were in our own jar. Can't loser might as you know can't see it, but everybody else can. So that's that's kind of my rule, and that's that's how I do it. And so it's simple, but it is remarkably difficult you can't imagine it's like it's like reorganizing molars i'm telling you because people are so into their how they spend their time and they they think they're busy and they think they're pretty efficient and i'm just like girl you got no freaking idea you are like a zero in the productivity category yeah i i did that exercise one time and it was really eye-opening to just see and and it's making me want to uh do it again because <laughs> i know are, that because you just get into habits of, of 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 wasting time i think without even thinking about it it's it's just it's like a deck of cards and unless you just shuffle the deck and purposely put it back together or every night do the dishes put them in the dishwasher all that stuff and tidy up boom bump bump ship shape things just start it's just natural. It's a little bit here, a little bit there. And it doesn't mean like you have to whip yourself into shape and like, we're going to change everything and go from bad eating to mac being a you know macrobiotic. But what it does mean is, okay, it's time for a tune-up. And then what I do when I do my tune-ups is I just kind of slowly start shifting things, you know, instead of just throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I'm like, okay, could I do this instead of this for this week? Could I just delegate this instead? Even though I kind of like doing that, it's not a great use of my time. Could I just get somebody else to do it? And then you just slowly start changing your schedule. And then what happens is momentum kicks in and, and you feel so good about yourself and you start to accomplish some of these things that you're like, oh my God, that's been on my to-do list. Like some of the dead weight forever. And you're like, okay, awesome. Hmm. Now we're making markers. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I remember when I first started this podcast that I was doing all the editing myself, writing all the show notes and, and it was just, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I, it was easy to do, but at the same time, it's like, uh, this is probably not the best uh, use of my time. And, and I hired someone who does a better job. 
So that's I'm, the I'm thing. Happy. And, and yeah. here's the, here's the piece is that it doesn't mean I'm not saying by any stretch of an amount of the imagination that you shouldn't know how to do it and that you shouldn't, you don't want to be held hostage. So great that you know how to edit great that you know how to do the show notes. Somebody, you know, quits at the last minute, no problem. You can run with it, but it's sort of like, it's the same thing with me. I used to load trucks and wash dishes at the end of the night. I mean, you do what you got to do. But the point is, is that it gets to the point where you start like, okay, I've got this. I can do it in a pinch. This is not my strength. Right. And, you know, the guy who is going to be over here editing and tinkering can do it so much faster, has spent mm-hmm. his whole life tweaking and knows all the latest apps and every single thing that's going to come out. And they can just bam, bam, bam. And then you focus on what you're good at and what is going to grow the podcast or accomplish whatever goals it is you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, um, I want to shift gears just a little bit here and ask you a question that I like asking my guests. What are you curious about right now? I'm curious about mycelium, actually. I'm curious about a lot of things, but I'm building a ranch. So I decided last year I was going to be a rancher for no reason whatsoever. I just woke up and I decided there was this place called San Inez that I wanted to have a ranch. Well, I didn't realize I'd been to San Inez. It turns out I had been there to stop to go to the ladies' room. And I texted my broker and I said, Hey, listen, do you know anything about San Inez? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, when are you back in town? She told me, and I was like, okay, well, I need the property there. So, which is how obviously you can tell if I, you know, tried to get married at 19, that's sort of how I roll. So I had that. And then she came back and then I was like, Oh, let's go up there. And I was like, you know what? Then I decided once we got up there, I was like, we're not coming home until we make an offer. So we stayed there. We saw all these places how I was going to pay for them or do anything. I had no idea. Cause I had no intention of leaving Pasadena because I still have two kids in high school. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, we made an offer. We were, got in a bidding war. I was like, no way. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be crazy about it. And then got the second one. And so now me deep in building from the ground up all dirt, this 20 acre ranch and it's all out of shipping containers and everything. So we've gotten through all of Santa Barbara County, we've done all that. And so now I'm just knee deep in everything ranching and in like weird stuff, I probably will end up doing something at Davis or getting my master's and, you know, bugs or entomology or whatever it is, but composting all these things. And because I've been so into the composting and making my own dirt and preparing like the, my compost stations at the ranch and I'm having a living roof and you know, how much weight can the living roof have? I've been watching documentaries on mycelium and the trees and how they talk to each other and why reforestation doesn't just work as a, so it's a very strange place in my head. I, that, but that's the honest to God answers. I spent a lot of time lately thinking about mycelium. Well, that's good. I mean, you got to do it if, you, if you're going to be, yeah, I, I guess, I mean, so I it's like interesting. That. I figure it's much better than just you know, binging on reality TV to be binging on, you know, what's on the discovery channel. And I mean, like right now we're, we're hatched, like we just hatched, um, nine baby chicks, which is great. I think I have like 50 chickens now. And so I'm kind of playing with that and like which varieties I like and, you know, reorganizing the chicken coop for the 10,000th time. So it's all, I'm just kind of in this space of if it interests me, 
to find out about it, then I'm letting myself do it because I'm at a point in life where I can. And that's the best point to be at when you just don't feel like the world is caving in on you if you don't sit at your desk for 14 hours a day. Mm, yeah, that is an awesome place to be. So yeah, congrats for that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness um is there anything else that i haven't asked you about that you think uh either you know life lessons and any, any other ones from from your business any other like you know big mistakes to to avoid making that you would uh you the know? biggest the, the the my biggest life lesson a number one is to have written goals period and if, if you do nothing else but have written goals and written like SMART goals, which is, you know, the acronym for specific and measurable and all those things. If you do write your goals out that way, I don't care if you write them out and you put them in a drawer and you forget them until next, you know, January 1st, and then you rewrite another set. It is amazing to me. It acts like this navigation system. I totally forget about most of my goals. I mean, I go in phases where I'm writing them every single day. I go, and then, but I have been kind of cleaning up and organizing lately and realized so many of these goals have come true to the point that it's weird. I don't even remember writing 10 years ago that I was going to have Gwyneth Paltrow as a client or something. And then I got like, I didn't never done to me. So to me, written goals, absolutely. And then number two is get to the root of the problem, whatever it is in your personal life, your business life, because it kind of goes back to what I was saying to you before, where people come to me and say, I need to fix my pricing. I need to fix my this. I need to fix my, and it isn't about that. The root of the problem is where are you spending your time? And so if you instead didn't focus on that and just went out and got more customers, what would you do? You'd just be digging yourself a hole faster. Or if you just said, oh, I'm just going to change my pricing. Um, but you didn't look at like, where are you spending? You're, you're right back to the same spot you were in before, which is just not maximizing your time and growing your company to where you want to grow it. Well, I, that is very useful advice. And I know that everybody is going to benefit from that because um, it, it's, and even if you've heard it before, it bears repeating. <laughs> Listen, I freaking teach yeah. this stuff and I have to write it out for myself, like yeah. back to the basics. And then I'm like, do less, follow up more. Like I have all these things that I have to remind myself, like uh, 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 uh. so many times is just back to basics. Who are your customer? Who are your top customers? How, what do they have in common? How do you spend your time? Where are you kind of neglecting things that you need to jump in on? You know, and it's it's those back to basics. And it isn't always the latest and greatest app or the bright, shiny object. It's who buys from you, who loves you, where, who's easiest to work with. Yeah. But it takes discipline to do that and many reminders. So hopefully the podcast will show up and be like, poof. This is the message you were looking for. Ding, ding, ding. Absolutely. And, and I love what you just said. I, I want to emphasize is do less, follow up more. I love that. I'm just like, I want to put that like next to my computer. <laughs> so, I have had that as one of my goals and it, because it's so true. Yeah. It is just mind boggling how all you have to do is follow up because by the way, no one in the world does. And when I say follow up, I mean more than like you say it and then you follow up one time. I mean like 
five times. Like, do you want right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause this busyness on the hamster wheel, not good. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's, it just doesn't seem to be getting any easier, but I, I know. I, yeah. Yeah. And so it's crazy, but I appreciate your sharing your story here with us today and, and all of that and wonderful information. So if someone listening would love to be able to reach out to you and, and, you know, learn more about you, where's the best place for them to do that? Well, and like we created this thing for listeners, you guys can go to mini dot the profit goddess, which is two D's and two S's.com. And you can see like, we made this little four video free series that kind of walks you through a little bit deeper what I was talking about. So that's the easiest way to get a flavor. And then of course, on Twitter at the party goddess, um, Instagram, same thing at the party goddess or at the profit goddess, if you want more of the business bent, Mm. but those are all very easy ways to find me. All right. Excellent. Well, I will have all of that in the show notes for those of you listening and not anywhere where you can write that information down, go to live, love, com, and you'll find all that information. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day and spending You're it with welcome. us. And it's been wonderful connecting with you and, and just, yeah, hearing this amazing story, your amazing life and, and best luck with the, with the ranching and, and learning about my, mycelium. Is that what it yes. is? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. It's magic. Stuff is magic. But thank you so much for having me. It was it was great and fun to share the stories. Awesome. And I also want to thank all of you for listening as usual and for watching. And if you receive value out of this today, I hope you will share it with a friend and make sure that you are subscribed on either your favorite podcast platform or subscribe on YouTube. There should be a little button there somewhere I think where you can subscribe to the channel it's uh, at Gloria Grace Rand and until next time as always I encourage you to go out and live fully love deeply and engage authentically did you know that a majority of entrepreneurs tend to discount the importance of their work and a good number feel their success is simply due to luck I know from personal experience that self-doubt can keep you from having the kind of life and business you desire. That's why I've created a free guide called Uniquely You, how to move from self-doubt to self-love in four simple steps. To claim your free guide, go to liveloveengage.gift. That's liveloveengage.gift.